And you know, the thing I like to talk to startup founders about is that, you know, imagine what your life would be like if your messaging was as clean as your code. We spend so much time polishing that rock around the code we write and the product we build, and almost no time thinking about how we're going to talk about it. You're listening to Real Marketing Real Fast, the only podcast that brings you unfiltered, undaunted, insider information on the latest tools and technologies for online marketers. Prepare to dive deep into marketing myths, breakthrough models, and cutting-edge strategies that will have an immediate impact on the growth of your business. And now, here's your host, marketing expert, Doug Morneau. Well, welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Real Marketing Real Fast. Today, I think you're in for a real treat because my guest today is Scott Brown. Now, he focuses on empowering startups to rewrite their messaging to fully connect with their listeners. So before you think, hmm, I don't know about that, when I asked Scott what he does, he said he helps really smart people become very rich. So if you consider yourself a smart person and you're interested in becoming very rich, I'd suggest that you do what I did during our interview is grab a piece of paper and a pen and take down some notes because there's a lot of information here. So Scott is a former actor turned entrepreneur, and after having started eight companies over the last 25 years, uh, he's covered topics from analgesics to bounced email. Today, Scott is the executive director of a company called UpRamp. He leads ventures and startup engagement for global connectivity industry in beautiful Boulder, Colorado, and he has the dubious honor of spending $2.5 million on the 21st worst Super Bowl ad in history. He is an active uh, advisor, investor, and author, and he shares his unique blend of startup grit, technology, and his clean messaging system with startups around the world. So I'd like to welcome Scott Brown to the Real Marketing Real Fast podcast today. Well, hey, Scott, I'm super excited to have you as a guest today on the Real Marketing Real Fast podcast. So welcome. Thanks, Doug. Great to be here. I was so excited when I saw your background come across my desk as a potential guest and the work that you do is, you know, working with um, startup companies. So do you want to just give us a thumbnail sketch of, you know, what it is that you do so we make sure we do a, a, a good job of representing you here today? Yeah, I'd be happy to. You know, if you boil it all down, I turn smart people into rich people. Well, there's nothing wrong with that, is there? <laughs> right. Oftentimes people ask me, what do you do for people who aren't so smart? And, you know, uh, that's a bigger challenge. <laughs> so uh, how how do you do that? You know, it's funny. I have kind of a strange background. I, uh, I My first career, I was an actor, was lucky enough to travel the world acting, teaching and directing, mostly Shakespeare. And I stumbled into being an entrepreneur a little over 25 years ago. And now eight companies, six wins, one catastrophic fail later, I figured out that there's some magic in the way that actors and directors approach their craft and the way entrepreneurs approach ours. Yeah, I've seen um, this recently over the last, say, six months, I've seen a number of companies talking about a direct link of the way that screenplays are written and soap operas are written and how we should communicate with our audience to engage the audience. So do you want to expand a bit on, on what you mean? Yeah, I'd be happy to. You know, the thing is, 
we've actually done quite a disservice to startup founders today. 10 years ago, my friend Eric Reese, wrote this amazing book called The Lean Startup, which I'm sure all of your listeners have read, right? If you're building a company, it's the system that we use today, that lean startup canvas to figure out what to build, right? Build, measure, iterate. And we all get out of the office and we all do our customer discovery. And so we go talk to these uh, potential customers and we ask them all these great questions and they tell us, well, to make this work, it has to be AI and uh, machine learning and AR, VR, SaaS. It's got to have uh, all of these features. It should be Kubernetes on an AWS cloud. And we take all of that in and we go build it. Yeah. But then when we go out to talk to the first stranger, we tell them everything we learned in customer discovery. <laughs> We repeat back all of those acronyms, thinking that's the magic in convincing somebody, but it's exactly the opposite. And so what I like to do is think about how you can take your company message or your company story and frame it, putting the audience first rather than yourself. And that's really what clean messaging is all about. Yeah, I like the um, the example you gave on uh, one of your Medium posts, the fatal flaw in your messaging that's holding back your startup with that uh, mushroom that Mario could eat that would be, you know, <laughs> keep him alive forever. Yeah. And, you know, I've been in those meetings and, and I've probably spoken in those meetings where I've been guilty of going through all the features and benefits and how we got there, like you said, and, you know, how we've raised money and who our partners are and really never got to the heart of it is if they buy my product or my service, how is yeah. it going to make their life better? Oh, yeah. I I was on a call just yesterday with some amazing founders. They've built incredible technology. And in the first 20 minutes of a 30 minute phone call, they took me through the history of the internet. <laughs> and, That's you know, I'm sorry, but I get it, right? You yeah. know, I don't need all of that to figure out how I might be able to help. But unfortunately, as a founder, it's really hard to build something amazing. And so we want to tell people all the amazing stuff we built. And that's kind of that fatal flaw. If we could find a way to help entrepreneurs using a, a framework or a canvas that looks similar to that lean startup canvas or the value prop canvas that helps them really talk to humans, I think we can change the world. So how do you walk people through that? I mean, I've, I've worked with founders and I've worked with investors and venture capital guys. And so I've, I've seen, uh, you know, a, a little bit of this. So I have at least an under, a little bit of an understanding. So how do you transition people from the, hey, I'm the founder and, and this has been my baby that want to share the birth? Yeah. Usually I start with some pretty harsh truth, which is, yes, it was hard to build this company. And yes, you're brilliant. But as soon as you leave the office, nobody cares. It's no longer about you. It's no longer about what you've built. It's now about can what you've built help the person you're talking to? And so changing that perspective, instead of communicating all the stuff that you do, instead, try to think about how can what you do help the person you're talking with? Right. And then probably on a more emotional level than a logical level. Oh, well, that's the thing. So the human brain, strangely enough, um, kind of works like this. We, we have some thing that happens in the world and our brain immediately intuits a response. And then we form a judgment and then uh, we form the words to describe the judgment that we made. And yet, as as normal people, we try to communicate in reverse. 
Imagine you're at that Thanksgiving dinner or that holiday dinner with the crazy uncle who has some weird ass ideas, right? That guy, right? What you do in that conversation is you try to give him all the data on why that person's wrong. But that has never worked in the history of the world. And so if instead you start with that intuitive side, what can we believe and agree on deeply as human beings? form a judgment on that and then give somebody just enough data to help them form the words to agree with you, that's where the magic happens. And all the science says that if you go data, then intuition, you might win 17% of the time. But if you go intuition and just enough data to support it, you'll win 85% of the time. Well, that's a pretty simple uh, decision if you're going to hone our skills. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the other thing is, you know, you know, I looked at your bio and we started talking a little bit offline. You said you do more than, you know, invest and help people raise money, but it's all about people assets. And I think of a startup that we were involved in at one point and we had these huge name brand companies and, and banks line up as partners. And that was really around messaging because it wasn't around money at that point because the company had not made any money. It was just a seed raise. But these people came and bought into the vision of how it could help people. That's right. And so, yeah, I mean, lots of times we think, hey, we have to have this great pitch to pitch um, to raise money, but you probably need to make sure your your pitch or your presentation is pretty good if you want to attract key staff, a top CEO or CFO, and maybe industry partners. Yeah, but you know, keep in mind that all of those people you mentioned, investors, CEOs, CFOs, partners, they are all actually human beings. And all human beings make decisions the same way. It starts with an emotional gut intuitive response, which forms a judgment. And then they come up with the data or the words to back it up. And so if we treat all those people like actual humans, we know that if we move them first from that kind of emotional side, then give them that data, we can win all the time. Now, keep in mind, there are a lot of people out there right now, Doug, that are talking about like storytelling in quotes. Yes, yes, there is. (laughs) It makes me nuts, right? Storytelling is interesting, but it's not actually the thing. What it is, is about how do I connect as a real human being to another real human being? And then there's a place to use story in this clean messaging framework, but it's not all about, let me tell you the story of how we invented this crazy product. So many times I hear people come out of a storytelling consulting session, and now they've got an amazing story all about themselves. But again, nobody cares. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to help somebody, uh, getting up and, and telling a great story about you isn't going to help them at all. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's fascinating, right? I love it, but it's not going to help me close a deal. So how did you develop this you know, this idea or this concept around clean messaging and, and build a framework around it to help your clients? Yeah. You know, I've been working with entrepreneurs um, really the last 10 years as an investor, an advisor, a coach, board member. And I found myself having the same conversations over and over again, especially with very technical or incredibly smart founders. They would make these same mistakes over and over as soon as they went out to talk to actual people. And so after 10 years and a lot of coaching, I finally said, you know, we ought to find a way to make this part of the system. Let's find a way to 
craft a framework or a canvas that layers on top of the lean startup canvas, the value prop canvas, and now a clean messaging canvas. And so we can solve the problem of what to build and who to build it for and now how to talk about it. That's really interesting. So it came out of your own need, like you said, after after working with these companies and said, hey, you know, we need to do this. And looking back at your data, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm a marketing guy, but I like the numbers because I like, you know, what, what you measure gets action. Yeah. So 70% intuition uh, or data, then intuition, 85% if you do intuition, then data first. That's right. So you also also published a book on the topic. I did. Yeah. Clean messaging. It's on Amazon. Go find it, download it. You can also go to my website, which maybe we'll link to at some point, and uh, you can download the canvas for free. My goal in all of this, Doug, is too many startups fail, not because they have a bad product or because there's no market, but because really smart people have never been taught how to talk to humans. And my goal is to fix that. So do you want to walk us through uh, maybe an example or, I mean, you can't, we can't really do a case study, but maybe there's an example that you can share with us that comes to mind of somebody that you worked with that got it and, and moved in that direction. And then there was, you know, a revelation and obviously a better result. Yeah. There's a, an amazing company that I worked with out of the Valley uh, and they have some really cool technology that's designed to help field technicians, people who do work, you know, up on poles or out in parking lots and things, right? And uh, Rama, the CEO, is brilliant. He's got a PhD in biology and he's founded a couple of different companies. Crazy smart guy. And when you first talk to him, he would tell me all of the features of this product. He would go on and on about AR glasses and AI and machine learning and CRM systems and all of the different things that this magical product would do. And so when I started talking to him, we kind of narrowed in on who was his actual customer. And you would think it's the field service people, but it's not. It's the field service people's boss. They're the person who's really doing the buying from Rama. Right. And for them... They know that as people get really good out in the field, what happens? They get promoted. And so now all the best field service agents are actually in the office, not out in the field. <laughs> yeah. The best sales guys now, the sales manager, the one they're selling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly right. This happens everywhere. And so as soon as we hit that revelation, we knew that the deep human need that Rama's actual buyer had was to find a way to help his field reps be as good as the smartest guy in his office. And as soon as he started talking about his product that way, he just went up and to the right. He's done huge multi-million dollar deals now with some of the biggest field service organizations in the US uh, and his company has really taken off. And it was just that simple change of understanding who your customer was, finding their deepest human need, and then leading with that in a very simple, easy to talk about, clean message. Well, I mean, from the outside, sitting where I'm sitting today, that sounds like a very easy a number of steps to take. But I imagine once you start digging into it and peeling back the layers and looking through your collateral, your material, your presentations that you've done, even right down to your websites, um, you know, I'm assuming that most people are way off base. It's pretty brutal out there, if I'm being honest. It's tough. And, you know, this stuff is hard. It's a bit like the poetry of your startup. Right. From the end product, it looks really simple and really easy, right? Uh, these 
poems about, you know, I ate the fruit in your refrigerator or whatever it was. Those things yeah. seem easy after the fact. And a great message feels easy after the fact, but it does take some work. And, you know, the thing I like to talk to startup founders about is that, you know, imagine what your life would be like if your messaging was as clean as your code. We spend so much time polishing that rock around the code we write and the product we build and almost no time thinking about how we're going to talk about it. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I've got nothing to say. I've, I've been in that on both sides of that equation and, and it's, a, it's a tough spot. So when you're working with a company, are you typically engaged by the company? Are you typically engaged by the founder? Yeah, you know, it happens in lots of different ways. It could be that the founder themselves uh, realize they need to do something, and it's very early on. Sometimes it's marketing organizations. I was brought into an amazing event where there were a, a bunch of local government officials that wanted to learn how to do this clean messaging to help communicate all their great ideas to their constituents. And what a great solution. And it's not just startup founders. I also get calls and, and do a lot of keynotes for um, large enterprises where they have an innovation team that's inventing the future of their business. But now they have to go out and sell it to their boss and their boss's boss or even outside customers. And they've never had to think about how do we talk about this stuff to people who don't know us. Yeah, that's funny. I mean, and your example there for government, I mean, that totally makes sense. You've, you've got to persuade and, and get your message across to people that will support you so you can get the things that, you know, your vision executed, um, which takes buy-in from other people to vote for it and people to sign up, put their hand up and uh, be the legs to make it, make it happen. Yeah, that's right. And the magic with a great, clean message is not just that it's persuasive. It may be, but most importantly, it's memorable. And for pitching investors or customers, that's one of the most important things. You know, uh, you may talk to an investor on, uh, on Tuesday, but it's going to be seven days, maybe 14 days later that that investor has to stand up in front of a partner meeting and explain what it is your company does. And so if you didn't get across something that was memorable, you're going to lose every time. And I never would have gone there. I would have thought it would have been some compelling aha, some wow moment in, uh, in terms of you know what the innovation could do, which is exactly what you're teaching people not to do. Yeah, and and, and make it memorable. I mean, I've I've presented to VCs and. Um, you know, when I first started, it was not a good, it was not a good experience for me and they were probably not for them either. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I have been on both sides of that meeting as well. Yeah. So a few times I put my hand on the door as I was leaving and said, okay, before I go, can you tell me, <laughs> could you just give me a hint? Like, where did I go wrong? Right. What happened here? <laughs> yeah, how, how did I blow this up? Uh, that's great. So do you, um, when you're working with maybe a, you know, a startup or an entrepreneur, how often do you spend time with the rest of their team? Is that part of the, uh, part of getting the message out or are you going to teach the, you know, do the teach the teacher part? I think it's important, depending on the stage of the company, that we get all the right people in the room. And so if it's, uh, if it's a small startup team, then, you know, it could be everybody. It could be just the founders. It could be the the key executive team, because ultimately everybody has to get on the same page. And that's the great thing about the clean messaging canvas is that once we figure it out and get all of it plugged in, then it becomes the cheat sheet for all of those media conversations that everybody on your executive team is going to have. 
And so we often see uh, companies who've gone through this process, pull those cheat sheets out, those clean messaging canvases out before every podcast, before every media interview, and just remind themselves of those key things a simple story, a couple of number analogies, a handful of earworms, that simple, clean message that starts with the listener instead of yourself. Well, that's interesting. I mean, because, wow. So that's something you're saying the teams just, that's part of their, their becomes their culture. Yeah, it's part of the process. And that's what, what helps, right? Because if you're really going to have that strong, clean message, you need everybody on board. And so uh, a brand new startup typically does four canvases, one that's central to the core of the business, one about maybe the, the top feature, one about the second best feature, and then a canvas for each of the core founders. So what, what are you calling a canvas just so we get a clear picture of what it is that you're talking about? Yeah. You've seen the lean startup canvas, right? With the little boxes. Yep. It looks exactly like that. Okay. You fill in something about your listener, something about you, smash it together into a clean message, and then there's some places to back it up with interesting content. And I think I had read on one of your posts, I, I don't want to butcher your message, so feel free to correct me, was that it needs to get down to a sentence or two. Yeah. Yeah, it really is boiling it down to the simplest elements. What is the simplest, most poetic way that you can describe your business? Starting with the listener. So this might uh, might not be a great question. We're going to ask it anyhow, because I'm assuming that some of our listeners are, are listening going, okay, that sounds really good. But, um, you know, in this hyperspeed world that we live in, how long does it take to walk through this process? <laughs> now, and I know I'm not looking for a, de a definitive, you, you can do it in like 23 and a half hours. Yeah. But just to give us a, you know, a broad brush approach, because you don't want someone to say, hey, good, I'll do this tomorrow and I'll be ready to go pitch on, on you know, two days from now. Yeah. When I sit down with a company, we can usually get to something pretty close to good and testable in about an hour on one topic. So the company in general, in about an hour, if I'm working with you. If we do it separately, if you download the book, if you get the, the framework off the website and start working on it, then, you know, it's probably a couple of hours, you know, maybe three, four hours to really figure out something that you want to test. And then it gets faster and faster as you do it a few more times. Well, that's not the answer I was expecting. Um, yeah. I'm glad I asked the question because, you know, looking at the numbers and the data that you've shared and the benefit to the to people who invest and follow your system, the, the, the numbers are ridiculously in their favor to spend the couple of hours. I mean, it's not you're not saying weeks and months. Yeah, no, not at all. And it's a simple change. And uh, if we do it, then I know we can change this failure rate of brand new startups, right? We know that 42% of startup founders who shut down say they shut down because there was no market for their product. But come on, could that really be true? I mean, nobody starts a business knowing they have no customers. And so there's got to be something else. And I think it really comes down to spending a little bit more time figuring out how to talk to humans about this brilliant invention of yours. Yeah, I would. I don't know what the uh, what the numbers are. I mean, I trust you on the numbers, but I, I I would agree. I mean, I've I've met with enough people that have just brilliant ideas, and you know, I've been on the the side uh, as an agency with them, and I've seen it blow up because yeah. um, the the messaging is just way off. Um, yeah. So you know, identify your target audience. Yeah, we get that. Build your customer avatar. That's right now. Create your messaging. But wow, forty two percent. Yeah, 
It's insane. And I think we can change that. And that's really what clean messaging is about. I'm, I built this whole thing kind of as a passion project. I've been lucky enough across my startup career that uh, I wanted to find a way to take all of these meetings I've had with amazing founders over the years and boil it down to a system that helps everybody talk better to potential customers and investors and media. Well, and I think from your side, just looking at just a little bit of the background that I know, um, as an investor, I mean, you must see opportunities. You're thinking, if we can get the messaging right, this can be a home run. Yes. Yes. I mean, that's one of my favorite things. I love to find startup founders who have a brilliant idea that just haven't quite figured out how to talk about it yet. And because I know I can come in and add value right away and we can start to see some benefit in the business. Well, I want to circle back to something else that you said, and, and you, this kind of slid into the end of your sentence, but I just want our audience to, to, to get a little bit deeper information here. You said, so it takes close to an hour if they're working with you one-on-one, or maybe a couple hours if they go, you know, buy your book, download the, the framework and, and work through it themselves. But then at the very end of that, you said, and then test. Yes. So do you want to expand on the then test? Yeah. Well, nothing's ever perfect when it first comes out, right? And so messaging is exactly the same way. You may think you have the most perfect message after doing three, four, five hours of work with your team on it. And then you bring it out to the world and people go, eh, meh, didn't really hit. When you have a great clean message, people hear it and go, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's me. I feel that. And so if you're not getting that kind of that's right reaction, then you might want to go back and keep tweaking it and testing it and try something else. Early on in every one of my companies, I've tried lots of different messages and many of them fail. But eventually you narrow in on the stuff that starts to work. You find that deep human need that really resonates. And then how your product or service or idea can enable that or support that or solve that for people. So what is the expectation level from someone who's going to start this process? Because you say then test, and I agree with testing. You know, we do it with everything that we do. We test, we measure because, you know, we're always looking, how can we increase the baseline? If we can get a half a percent here, 1% better there, 2% better there, just turning the knobs, then, you know, it, it's, it's a win. So do people push back when you say, okay, um, here's your messaging. Now we want to test it to, to validate, you know, how it's performing compared to what you were doing. Hmm. Yeah, you know, and it's tough to to test messaging in that kind of quantitative way. Okay. And so, you know, it's tough to say we changed our messaging and suddenly our sales have grown by 78% unless that was the only thing that changed, and that's rarely the case. Right. And so what we say is you've got to gauge the reaction of the people you're talking to. If people suddenly get excited, or, or somebody goes, oh, that's right, or they, they start to feel it in the conversation, then you know you're onto something. If you can sense that you've hit them emotionally somehow and then give them just enough data to support it, then you know you're in the right spot. Well, I guess you should be able to see that. I mean, on your Twitter account, I've seen you've got one of the tweets pinned up there when you were speaking at a, you know, giving your TED talk. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you're out speaking to audiences, whether it's a TED talk or the Chamber of Commerce or your industry um, associations, you know, you can pretty much see if the audience is with you or not with you. So there's one way to judge. 
Yeah. And it's not not just in a big speaking engagement either, right? It could be a one-on-one sales call. It could be standing at a bar, right? So, hey, Bob, what do you do? Oh, well, I got a little company that turns acorns into gold. Oh, okay. Tell me more, right? And so, it's that kind of small opportunities to test things, to see if it's memorable, repeatable, if it's audience-focused, if people get that uh, that's right kind of feeling. Well, and I was reading one of Russell Brunson's books uh, just recently, and he talked about the importance of when he's doing webinars to to launch a product, why he does them live for, he's saying, you know, for at least, you know, three to four months, because he needs the feedback from the audience mm-hmm. as he's testing the messaging, the slides, the questions, the stories to see which is resonating most with the audience. And at the end of the day, you know, his measure of, of how it's resonating is, you know, what happens at the shopping cart. Yeah. But he's, yeah. but like you said, he's testing every single time. So if he's doing it once a week, which he recommends, it's once a week and constantly tweaking and trying to make it better. That's right. And uh, messaging is exactly the same way. And there are lots of pieces of data in this clean messaging framework that help support your simple message, but you've got to test all of them, right? Because you want things that are memorable and repeatable for other people to say on your behalf. And are you planting those in enough places? Do you have that great clean message that make people remember who you are? And do you have a little story about what a user's life is like after using your product, where people can imagine themselves as the protagonist? And when you have those things, magic just happens. So in the world, as as you mentioned earlier, there's a number of um, consultancies that have have come to be recently that are helping (laughs) people with storytelling. Yeah. So what do you think is the the bad advice in the industry right now? So I'm just ripping off a Tim Ferriss question, and that is, you know, when you're out speaking at a group or you're out at an association or you're with a company, what's kind of the bad advice you're hearing around messaging these days? You know, there is a plague of storytelling experts now. And I know I'm going to get hit up on the Twitter machine and, and probably shouldn't have said it, but they are everywhere. Everybody loves to talk about story. And my biggest pet peeve, we mentioned it earlier, Doug, is that storytelling isn't the answer. And especially when it's storytelling about you, then it's just a double fail. You've got to have a story. You've got to have a way to help people imagine their life after using your product. However, just telling a story for the sake of a story doesn't actually move the needle on sales. And, you know, for me, I'm a longtime startup founder. And so it all comes back to the lemonade stand. We've got to be able to have a product that people want, sell it for more than it costs to make and do that over and over again. And if we forget all one of those little pieces, then we're lost. Right. I had a dot com back in 99 and we were great at having a product people loved. We just didn't charge anything for it. And so it lasted 18 months like every other dot com in 99. Yeah. And today we have an opportunity to do something different. And if storytelling is just about you or, you know, just kind of random fluff that helps you pad a conversation and not look like a lizard person, that's not enough. We've got to find a way to use these tools to close more deals. 
Well, and today, I mean, there's so many opportunities. There's so many tools out there. I mean, with LinkedIn Live coming new and all the video tools that are out there, I mean, the ability for entrepreneurs, business owners, marketing types to to go out there and, and, to, and to reach their audience and show them how they can help them or, or change their life. I mean, the tools are endless. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have some of my friends uh, that use this system. They love to take their clean message and just post it randomly on Twitter and see what happens. And if they get people responding to it like, oh man, that's me, or they get a, a, all those retweets and likes, then they know they're onto something. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm just laughing because obviously we're on other uh, different parts of the world, but I remember testing advertising subject lines in the newspaper classifieds and just going to a number. And all we were doing was counting the number of calls that came in so we could make a decision on where we would spend our money with what resonated with the audience. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it, right? Anywhere we have an audience, you just got to find a way to test these things a little bit. And it doesn't have to be perfect. But I'll tell you, Every hour you spend thinking about how you're going to talk to human beings is an hour well spent because you're going to get better and your messaging will get tighter and people will start to understand how you can help them. I've got, you know, business friends and associates spend a lot of time going out and talking to people. And I think, you know, when we're done uh, our interview, I'm going to I'm going to have a conversation with them because I'm thinking, you know, if they took just canceled a few of the networking events they went to and honed their messaging, (laughs) they could probably get a lot more ROI from the meetings they're going to or go to less meetings and have a better conversation than going to every single meetup group and every single chamber board meeting, you know, in in the country. Amen, brother. So, yeah, you got to do the work, right? All the the fun parts, right? You got to find a way to leverage those. And so what we see with people who have really figured out the clean messaging is that when they show up at one of those dinner parties or networking events, if their clean messaging is really good, then the per- the first person they talk to starts walking around the room saying, oh, man, I just met this guy who's got a company that turns acorns into gold. Right. And now or, they're telling the story for Or in your case, you make smart people rich. See, you remembered. I remember. Well, I wrote it down. So, I, I, you know, <laughs> you um, I, I did remember, but I wrote it down because it, it was important to me. I went, okay, so that's, you know, that's a really easy way to, when I leave, like I said, when I go to have my conversation when we were done this interview, say, hey, I just talked to a guy who makes smart people rich and here's what he's going to do. So there you go. So who's one guest I absolutely have to have on my podcast? Have you met Jerry Colonna? I have not. Jerry Colonna is a saint. Jerry Colonna is um, one of the original most successful venture capitalists from New York. And he had some things happen in his life and he left venture capital. And now he's known as the CEO whisperer. I was lucky enough to have him as uh, my CEO coach, oh, five, six years ago. And he finally released a book called Reboot, which you should absolutely get and get him on your show because Jerry will change lives. He is that good. That's amazing. So you've given us a lot a lot of information to think about. And what I like is that your messaging was very succinct and it was very easy to understand. So obviously, you, you know, you practice what you preach. Thank you. I try. Now, where's the best place for our listeners to connect with you? I mean, you've shared a lot of information. So if they want to hunt you down, obviously go to Amazon, order the book. Um, that's what I'll do when we're done. And I we disconnect here from the internet is I will go and pick it up on Amazon. It's only $9.95 in paperback. So it's there a very go. inexpensive investment in my future. 
Awesome. Thank you for that. Yeah, you know, obviously get the book, but, you know, I've set up something just for your listeners today. If they go to scottbrown.co slash RMRF, I've got the ability for everyone listening to download that clean messaging framework and start working on it right away. There's also a great video that shows me talking about it and teaching it to, I think it was a Startup Week event a few years back. So there's a great opportunity to do a little bit of learning, get the framework right away, buy the book. And of course, you can always reach out to me on email or uh, or Twitter or LinkedIn. So just a, a, a kind of a side question. Is your program available? Is this something that you think you'll see into the into schools, universities and schools? Wouldn't that be awesome? I would love that. Uh, I'm not sure if it'll ever get there, but you know, I'm going to start with entrepreneurs and startup founders and innovators around the world, and maybe it'll get there. Yeah, if you get enough entrepreneurs, they'll put their money behind it and move it into the schools to make sure their kids are good communicators. Because uh, who knows what the future is going to look like with the kids as the uh, as the world keeps changing so quickly. Yeah, you're right, Doug. I mean, imagine if there was even a one semester class on how to talk to human beings in your custom or your uh, uh, computer science track at university. Yeah. It would change or the world. In any in any job you're going to. I mean, you're you're talking to you you might be the boss or you might be talking to your boss and you're going to have staff and you're going to have customers and yeah, so I mean it's got application obviously uh, in all areas of life. Yeah. Well, I just want to say thanks so much. I really appreciate you taking time out of your day today and just sharing some of your knowledge and wisdom with our listeners. I'm super excited about what you shared today. And on the other side, I'm a bit nervous. I'm thinking, oh man, I got to go through and I got to, I, I, I just have visions of how bad my stuff is. I need to rework it. So um. well, give me a call. I'm happy to help, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> this has been so much fun. I've really enjoyed this conversation. I appreciate your time and generosity in asking me on. Yeah, well, thanks so much. Uh, so there you go, listeners. There's uh, another episode of Real Marketing Real Fast. But more importantly, Scott has shared with you how he makes smart people rich. So if you want to, if you think you're a smart person and you want to be rich, uh, make sure you reach out, connect with them. We'll make sure the show notes are transcribed and posted for you and it'll be on social media. So you'll be able to track him down, hunt him down, find him, learn more about him. And uh, if you're not interested in being rich, then maybe this isn't the episode for you. But if you are, then make sure that uh, you uh, connect with them. So thanks so much, Scott. And and have an amazing rest of the week. Thank you. You too. Bye now. That's all for this episode of Real Marketing Real Fast. Now it's time to take your marketing to the next level by visiting dougmorneau.com and downloading our advanced marketing white papers as well as exclusive resources based on today's episode. That's dougmorneau.com. Until next time, we look forward to serving you right here on Real Marketing Real Fast.